Czech German Perspectives is brought to you by the Czech German Young Professionals Program. To find out more about the network, visit our Facebook page by searching CGYPP. I'm Andreas Graf, and you're listening to episode one of Czech German Perspectives, a new podcast featuring discussions with a variety of different voices from the Czech Republic and Germany to provide a broad picture of Czech-German relations. Our first guest is Dr. Vladimir Handel, a research fellow at the Institute of International Relations, Prague, an independent public research institution which conducts research on international relations. Dr. Handel's research focuses on German foreign security and integration policy, as well as Czech foreign policy, and he's widely regarded as a leading expert on Czech-German relations. We were very happy to have the opportunity to speak with Dr. Handel, who joined me for a conversation during this year's Czech-German discussion forum. Thank you for joining me today. Um, we're here today uh, on, on the sidelines, so to say, of the uh, Czech-German discussion forum um, in a hotel in Marienbad. In 2017, there will be the 20th anniversary of the Czech-German Declaration. Whenever we hear politicians speaking about this today, they usually describe the Czech-German relations as being the best they have ever been. Yet the recent developments have shown that deep differences exist between Czechs and Germans in some policy areas. How are the current Czech-German bilateral relations, in your opinion? Uh, I think that the answer that the relations are best ever uh, is correct but it uh, regards only uh, part of the relationship. I think the pragmatic, practical uh, relationship, uh, the togetherness on the ground, so to say, as far as people-to-people contacts are concerned, also uh, the cooperation on the level of the uh, the government, the municipalities, also all, all levels of administration, direct relations with the partners across the border. Uh, the best and the closest relationship, of course, developed uh, uh, in the uh, uh, close border area. So, uh, in this case, on in this sense, the relations are best ever. They are really direct. They have no uh, real um, difficulties. Uh, the difficulties are only linked with um, the institutional capacity, with the funding, but they are not really linked with um, ideology, political preferences, uh, mistrust, uh, etc. So it's a very pragmatic, practical uh, uh, relationship. Where we don't have a very good relationship is, uh, or where at least, other, to put it that way, uh, other way around, where we lack closeness is uh, some of the very important issues of um, policy making which now define also the European agenda. That means uh, the further development of the European Union. We don't really know whether we uh, work and think in the same way on the ways how European Union should develop after in the context of Brexit, etc. Secondly, of course, the attitude to uh, Ukrainian crisis uh, and we have uh, on the Czech side we have a, uh, multiple voices uh, uh, trying to define Czech attitude to the crisis and thirdly obviously the um, uh, refugee crisis where we have a deep division um, uh, linked with the very 
different um, uh, attitudes of the Czech population and political political class and German population political class. So it's it, the the, the uh, answer is correct. Uh, the best deviations are best ever when we talk about the practical uh, um, and pragmatic relationship on the ground. Um, maybe to stick with the positive side of relations at the moment, you've described the Czech-German relations as having become decentralized and horizontalized. Could you maybe go uh, explain this a little bit more into detail and and uh, have they led to a depolitization of Czech-German relations? That's, a, that's correct. Uh, all the um, um, uh, issues are really quite clearly reflected in the quality of the relationship. Now, first of all, the relations, uh, I would st start with the depolitization. Uh, they are not anymore an uh, issue of um, strategic policy, policy making in a sense of um, uh, diverging political preferences which would conflict on uh, important issues regarding the mutual relationship. We have these uh, differences on the issues which I mentioned, but not on the issues of the mutual relationship. Both sides un un understand and agree there is a deal, uh, there is a uh, vast ag agenda for uh, cooperation and both want to cooperate. So that's, uh, in this sense, the, p the politicization is important. Secondly, uh, the decentralization, yes, we used to have a very centralized vertical relationship. Uh, all these contacts, uh, uh, first, b before they could have developed, they would have uh, w had to be, had to be um, uh, uh, passed, had to pass through the government, government offices, mostly the Minister of Foreign Affairs, and only then again uh, um, um, the relationship was uh, allowed on the, on the lower levels. Now we have a fully decentralized relationship and in the sense of also horizontalized, that means that the respective institutions, respective even individual persons, uh, um, and desk officers, uh, persons responsible for different kinds of uh, 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 agendas on the municipal level, uh, uh, and etc. They can and they do link with their counterparts directly without really having to pass through the governmental offices and uh, asking for permission or, or, um, or asking for um, intermediate uh, uh, role uh, of the embassies. Uh, the best uh, uh, example of this is that uh, while I was taking an interview with the new Czech ambassador in Berlin, Mr. Podivinsky, has said, well, he's the most bad happy person because he doesn't have to do now uh, a lot of things which he used to have to do before. He doesn't have to link people uh, with the other people, institutions with the other institutions because they have their own ways how they bypass him and bypass the state, bypass the government and work together on direct level. And that's both what I call decentralization and horizontalization. To, to stay with maybe the uh, some of the results of this depolitization, would you view this uh, more as a positive trend or a negative trend in Czech-German relations? It's positive in the sense that we don't have this agenda which we used to have, the mainly the uh, uh, issues of uh, the uh, of the past, which burdened the mutual relations for a number of years and also burdened the atmosphere of the relationship. They really influenced the uh, um, identity of people and the way how people uh, felt about Germany and uh, 
how they define their uh, attitudes to Germans and to German institutions. Now, th this whole agenda has been basically solved in political and e legal terms. Uh, the agenda is, of course, still a part of the uh, um, social uh, network of relationships, because then, of course, the experts, the uh, academicians, historians, people, students or student organizations, they all, of course, work on those issues, because the moral and the historical issues are never been, can never be closed, but they have been solved and closed uh, in terms of political and uh, illegal demands. So in this sense, the depoliticization is a very, very positive uh, uh, trend, uh, where I perceive the depoliticization as a, as a problem is that we haven't developed a real uh, close relations, uh, relationship on, on, on uh, the most important or most uh, um, crucial political issues. Uh, reason being that the Czech foreign policy doesn't have a quite a clear agenda, quite a clear straight strategy as far as Europe is concerned, as far as, far as uh, security is concerned as far as uh, relations with Germany are concerned. So we we have a perfect pragmatic way of policy making. We don't have a very well defined strategic way of policy making. So th this lack of strategy means lack of political guidance, lack of political uh, um, preferences. And this is of course uh, in a mutual relationship uh, a deficit. Uh, and um, therefore, this type of, or this part of the depolitization is a problem which has to be dealt with. And I think that the Czech, Czech side tries to deal, uh, deal with it now uh, through the so-called strategic dialogue. So this is a, actually an attempt to add a political dimension to this very pragmatic uh, and, and, and successful relationship. Try to explain um, how the strategic dialogue as a concept developed and uh, what it could mean for Czech-German relations going forward. A strategic dialogue is an in initiative uh, of, a Czech, of the Czech side, uh, and an initiative which came from both uh, the uh, civil servant side as well as uh, the political side. political side uh, in uh, political representatives of the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. It is, uh, when I put it in very personal way uh, and uh, my personal opinion it is an exemption uh, an expression of frustration that Czech political parties are not able to uh, develop uh, to generate a political strategy Czech political parties uh, basically uh, don't function as political parties in the Czech Republic anymore they are mostly, they can be described mostly as, as um, administrative institutions which are um, quite effective in distribution of money, of uh, political posts and um, managing, in managing the day-to-day -day agenda. But they don't really generate political ideas, political programs, they don't lead people. Um, and also, uh, therefore, they are very well, very good uh, for uh, this uh, pragmatic uh, uh, management of the uh, uh, political of the relations with Germany are not very good for uh, in and for defining strategic uh, uh, aims and targets um, uh, in political terms in relationship with Germany. Therefore, uh, strategic dialogue, strategic dialogue is an attempt 
to invite uh, all the institutions, governmental institutions, who are in engaged in relations with Germany, which means all the governmental institutions, to <coughs> to uh, um, analyze the level of relations uh, relations with the German partners, uh, define the state of the art of the relationship, and 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 saying quite clearly where the agenda. Uh, should be developed further, because this agenda, if uh, if they want to go beyond the agenda of pragmatic relationship, and most of the government institutions turned out to be interested in going beyond this pragmatic uh, agenda, they uh, they can define this uh, this this uh, targets or, or aims, uh, more strategic aims, and these aims uh, will then uh, have been actually by now. Uh, summed up into uh, agendas for, uh, I think now, 10 working groups uh, uh, which work on these uh, individual uh, political sectors. And these political sectors now work for, I think, for two years before they report to the prime ministers on, on both sides, Michin's uh, Federal Chancellor Merkel and the prime minister Sobotka. Uh, on the way how these agendas have progressed uh, over this time of two years. What is the, the, the added value is that the individual results, individual ministries really uh, have the attention of the prime ministers. They, they have the ambition to define um, uh, uh, this added value beyond the pragmatic day-to-day -day routine agenda, which is being very well managed, basically, so they and they they have uh, the support of the government uh, for this added sort of strategic um, uh, strategic agenda. Um, this is exactly what what was missing. Uh, uh, on the one hand, and I said the political parties were never able to define this agenda. So the civil servants are called now to define the agenda, and the politicians promise through the dialogue to download or to support this agenda on this level of, of prime minister and uh, of the prime minister and, and the chancellor so this is a chance for the Czech relationship to uh, to advance further and to 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 acquire a strategic long-term perspective uh, and so don't go beyond just this pragmatic day-to-day -day management so in this sense, I think the strategic dialogue is, is a chance. Uh, whether it will uh, really produce uh, added value, we will see. I think the next uh, uh, meeting uh, or session between the Prime Minister and the Chancellor is January 2017, where the uh, first two years of strategic dialogue will be analyzed and assessed. And those agendas which will uh, get the support by the Prime Minister and the Chancellor will have a uh, chance to be uh, to get some additive, uh, additional funding, additional political support, institutional support, and again, as I say, as I say, uh, hopefully uh, this can uh, um, dynamize further the relationship with Germany. You've described the initiative of the strategic dialogue as uh, coming from the. Czech Republic uh, initially. Um, it, it is clear now that there is uh, buy-in from the German side to participate in the dialogue, but um, how receptive is Germany, do you think, to this step to strengthen the relations between Czech Republic and Germany? Again, it's my opinion uh, and my impression. I think that Germany uh, is a bit overloaded by strategic relations with all sorts of partners. So the original idea and the original ambition of the Czech Republic was 
to uh, to to sort of upgrade the relationship to the level of the so-called Regierungskonsultation and the uh, consultations of the two uh, uh, governments. Every year, uh, this uh, uh, special relationship level uh, includes the meeting between uh, the whole governments, or at least uh, most of the government members of the government, going through the very broad agenda of the uh, bilateral relationship. This is a level of cooperation which Germany has developed, obviously, with France, USA, it's a strategic partners. I think it's now about 10 partners. The institutional capacity of German foreign policy, uh, for, uh, for, um, uh, Minister of Foreign Affairs as, and, and, and Bundeskanzleramt is obviously limited. So any other attempt to uh, reach this kind of level of relationship is, is, is actually perceived as a burden, I think. So the, the alternative to this was not so much institutionalized and so much institutionally demanding uh, uh, and therefore dialogue, not, uh, uh, not strategic partnership or not strategic regierungskonsultation. And uh, German side, I think, we know Germany, Germany is always um, uh, had, a, had a difficulty to reject practical, well-designed uh, uh, invitation for cooperation. It's not part of the German culture to say, well, we, we, we don't care. So if they say that the partner is really uh, trying, is really trying to develop, uh, develop an, an agenda which has some promises in it, Germany simply can't say no. So I think this is the way how the German side started to negotiate about, the strategic, uh, about this uh, strategic dialogue. And I think that the Czech side, uh, yeah, produced a very good uh, draft of the of the of the concept, and the German side um, accepted that. Uh, after all, we can try, we can give it a try, and we will see. Now we have a new situation with the um, immigration crisis or, or uh, refugee crisis, and with the, with, the, with the division between Germany and Central Europe. And now the German side uh, clearly says uh, this is uh, added value uh, uh, by now. We are very happy that we have this strategic dialogue. We have the, uh, the instrument uh, which we can now uh, utilize in order to uh, engage into more intensive uh, exchange and perhaps have also some spillover effect on the other countries in mid uh, Central Europe. Because one of the one of the ideas uh, of the strategic dialogue is not just the dialogue between uh, civil servants. It's firstly uh, also a dialogue which has to is designed so that it uh, includes also the public, so the civil society. So it's much more uh, also including the uh, broader uh, public into into the uh, dialogue. And secondly, it is also the ambition of the, the strategic dialogue is to to design. Um, uh, I would say a role model for uh, relations between Germany and other countries in Central Europe and also between Czech Republic and other countries. So both these two issues which uh, are added to this uh, uh, civil servant uh, dialogue, so to say, and political life, these both, both, both uh, two dimensions, uh, both dimensions um, uh, are important also for the German side. So the German side now Clearly says, well, this is this is we are very happy we have this instrument and we will try to make the best of it. The Czech-German relations are defined by some asymmetries. 
not only in the size and population of the two countries, but also in political and economic strength. How does this asymmetry um, influence the Czech-German relations? Well, asymmetry was very uh, uh, depressing uh, early 90s when the Ge when Germany, uh, Germany unified and Czech Czech Czechoslovakia disrupted. It was uh, actually giving people really uh, a difficult time to adjust to this growing, uh, um, growing potential of Germany and decreasing potential of, of Czech, uh, Czech Republic. Um, I think that the best way how to deal with the asymmetry was uh, to integrate Czech Republic and the other Central European countries into NATO and, and the European Union. And uh, in this sense, NATO and the European Union can be perceived uh, or should be perceived um, as instruments of uh, confidence building measure. It is really the best confidence building measure we have. Um, and the best uh, two things are important in this. First of all, that both sides, not only the Czech Republic, but also the German, Germans, Germany, always knew this is extremely important uh, in order to appease the relations and to give the partners, uh, the smaller partners like the Czech Republic, um, this guarantee that there will be no German dictate or domination. Uh, of course, hegemony may be a, a byproduct of the economic and political development, some kind of reluctant hegemony, but not a, uh, um, not a really strategic domination or, or dictate. So this is this was important for both sides, and both sides knew very well this is not only about modernization, transformation, and integration into the common market or the single market. It is also about uh, really just uh, making this asymmetry, these huge asymmetry in potentials, not irrelevant, but uh, at least to smooth the asymmetry, uh, to re uh, yes, to make it more relative. And I think this was a very successful attempt. Next to integration into the EU and NATO, another form of cooperation that has um, become established over the years is a closer cooperation with the Visegrad states, with Poland, Slovak Republic, and with Hungary. To what extent does this cooperation undermine Czech-German relations? I don't think it does undermine the Czech-German relations. Uh, it is, uh, I think the Czech Republic never really is. Czech Republic is not uh, not ready to sacrifice the German relationship to any any other sort of relationship, and this actually is true for all the other countries too. I myself uh, conducted research on Polish German policy, Hungarian German policy in 90s, and it was always clear that all these partners want to develop the, develop the uh, Visegrad cooperation, but none of them wanted to make the Visegrad group an instrument of uh, policy making with Germany, because everybody wanted to have this uh, relationship with Germany on bilateral level. So even even backing by the big Visegrad for some kind of political agenda, which, for example, Poland had, was not not really not really an, uh, an option. So and it, this exactly uh, uh, is relevant. For, is is, is uh, correct also for the Czech side. So I don't see uh, Visegrad as a, as a as a problem for the Czech-German relationship. I would put it the other way around. I think that through the 
the Czech-German relationship, um, uh, the Visegrad can be used as an instrument for, uh, on the Czech side, as an instrument for, uh, yeah, for sort of smoothing the relationship and 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 bridging over the, uh, the the gap which developed recently between Germany and Poland, Germany and and, and Hungary. Uh, I don't think the German, uh, Czech, Czech Republic can be a bridge, but can try to uh, uh, to help these countries and the group of these countries still develop positive, uh, constructive agenda and relations with Germany, because there are a number of issue, issues on which uh, uh, Poland and Hungary and Slovakia want to cooperate with Germany. So I think Visegrad is, yeah, because Visegrad is a very bad shape at the moment, but uh, uh, if... Uh, dealt with uh, uh, pragmatically and, and, and flexibly enough, I think it can be helpful uh, to smooth the relations with Germany uh, uh, and Central Europe. So um, maybe returning to some of the more challenging topics in, in Czech-German relations at the moment, how can you explain to Germans that Angela Merkel is less popular in the Czech Republic than Vladimir Putin? Is it the migration issue that is the main dividing line in Czech-German relations? I think uh, Chancellor Merkel was or used to be more popular than Czech, Czech politicians in the Czech Republic. The fall of the craze uh, is linked with the uh, refugee crisis. I think this is the only uh, an, a specific issue which really changed uh, the attitude of, uh, Czech of the Czech population to Angela Merkel. It was even not the uh, Eurozone crisis, the Czech, side, Czech population and Czech politics was on the side of, of Germany, uh, on the side of, of Angela Merkel and Wolfgang Schäuble in dealing with, with, with Greece. Uh, there was no solidarity with Greece on the Czech side. Uh, so the Czechs were very, very prudent, uh, pushing for, uh, for uh, um, fiscal uh, uh, strict rules, etc. Only the refugee crisis uh, uh, resulted into this uh, distrust in uh, Angela Merkel. The, the reason is that the Czech, the Czech society is simply not prepared to accept uh, the otherness um, uh, um, in terms of, uh, uh, of ref refugee, uh, whatever number of refugee you can think of, uh, the Czechs simply don't feel secure enough uh, to accept this uh, uh, um, ethnic diversity, cultural diversity, uh, and therefore they simply uh, perceive uh, Angela's, Angela Merkel's uh, attitude to the refugee crisis as a as a direct threat, and also as a as a type of a dictate of Germany, um, um, uh, which uh, yeah Germany tries to. Uh, uh, impose on on the Czech uh, policymakers and Czech politics. Why is it so? Uh, I think first of all, the Czechs uh, re really lack the um, experience of uh, ethnic diversity and cultural diversity. That's one of the reasons, or the the, the crucial perhaps reason, reason, because only about three three point eight percent of Czechs uh, of the mem uh, of uh, people living in the Czech Republic are uh, of foreign origin. Uh, in, in Germany is about 15%, in uh, Austria 18%, in, in, in Sweden 21%, etc. So this is the lack of experience. Secondly, people really uh, just came out of the transition uh, period and they, f they really 
uh, are afraid of losing some of these social standards. Uh, they, this uh, uh, new redistribution of funds uh, uh, are simply something what they are afraid of. They just want to secure the state funding they have through the network of social services, etc., and social support and, and schemes uh, for themselves. They are afraid that they would, could lose those. But thirdly, and most important, I think, it's uh, uh, there's this anxiety that comes from the failure of policy, the policymakers. The policymakers simply uh, uh, allowed that the issue of refugee crisis was kidnapped by populists, and sometimes the Czech politicians themselves contributed to this uh, uh, <laughs> to this sort of uh, populist uh, uh, d domination of the issue. And now they simply can't offer uh, and don't offer any kind of uh, more constructive leadership to, to, to the population. So the population is really, or the, the public is really uh, disoriented uh, um, and lives under the pressure, uh, un under the impression of, the, of, of being threatened. Uh, and therefore, yes, therefore this, this, this departure and this disruption and their attitude to Germany, both to Germany and to Angela Merkel. So I think this is really w what you see. And the last point to this, um, on this, even the Czech politicians, including uh, President Zeman, Minister of Finance Babish, uh, uh, recently also the President of the Senate, uh, um, Stech, uh, and, other, and others, they say, well, uh, the, the whole crisis is just the uh, problem of Angela Merkel who invited people and now tries to impose on us uh, that we have to uh, uh, I mean take some part of the burden as well so no this is this is her problem she sh she should deal with it so this kind of rhetoric of course makes people uh, angry and uh, and i i would see precisely this rhetoric as a as a uh, and the whole continent, the whole development as the as the reason for the very difficult relationship now to angela merkel so in reacting to your, to your response, uh, do you think uh, Czech politicians are interested in having another chancellor in Germany? I think that the majority uh, uh, is quite happy with Angela Merkel, Merkel even if they don't, don't agree with everything she does. She is a very uh, engaging, serious uh, politician. She is very open to the Czech, Czech uh, relation because she has, uh, Czech, Czech Republic, she has uh, uh, close personal relationship with the Czech Republic, she speaks some Czech, etc. So there's a quite a mm, degree of political capital so, uh, uh, in relationship, uh, or social capital in relationship with Angela Merkel. Uh, having said that, I have to admit that there are, of course, uh, examples where or e exemptions, uh, and one of those exemptions are those people on the Czech side who support the Alternative für Deutschland, the new uh, German political party, nationalist uh, populist party uh, uh, which uh, defines now its agenda mainly as a fight against the uh, uh, migration or the refugee crisis and acceptance of refugees in Germany and against the European Union. So we have this ex-president Václav Klaus who is now re regularly um, um, uh, speaker at the rallies, both uh, po political party rallies as well as election rallies of the uh, Alternative für Deutschland. And he obviously sees uh, uh, Frauke Petri 
uh, as as the uh, uh, better pra uh, better uh, chancellor than uh, Angela Merkel. So yes, that that is one of these examples where perhaps uh, 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 alternative uh, scenarios are, are are being discussed. Two of the other difficult issues currently in the Czech-German relations are ones where there are differing views in, in, in the German and the Czech governments are the issues of Brexit and, and the Ukrainian crisis. Could you maybe uh, briefly summarize the dividing lines on these issues? I don't think we have really a deep demanding line on Brexit. I think that both sides want to make the Brexit uh, uh, as it is going to happen. Unfortunately, both sides are very unhappy about Brexit itself. But uh, both sides are very, very deeply interested in uh, making the, the Brexit as uh, as uh, um, um, as, mo as smooth as possible, and keeping the UK as close to to the uh, EU as possible. Of course, not giving the UK, for example, uh, the access to the single market without the uh, free movement of of, of labour. But uh, otherwise, we being there is a great deal of interest on keeping the UK very close, also in the issues of the security cooperation, foreign policy uh, cooperation. So I don't. I think on this, on this, the both sides are close, where there are not quite clear answers is how the EU should develop after the Brexit, and there's, this is this is the deficit which we have to work on, and I think that the. Czech side simply is not yet sure what it wants, how it perceives the European Union. Well, we, we should say perhaps that the the German side is not quite clear uh, yet uh, either. But this is a, this is definitely a deficit, and it's a perfect issue for the strategic dialogue because that that we really need both on the national level as all, as well also on the bilateral level. A very thorough debate and thinking about future, not only in pragmatic terms of two, three years future, but really mid-term and long-term future. And this is uh, uh, missing as yet, but I think it's it's coming. The second thing, uh, Ukraine. Uh, uh, yes, uh, uh, again, the German, the Czech government is very close to the German government on on the way of how, how German government deals with the issue and tries to manage the agenda, tries to. Um, uh, to uh, generate more um, cooperation on the issues of, of, of uh, peaceful settlement. Uh, but what we have a, uh, we see as a problem is that the Czech side is not uh, uh, coherent in this attitude because we have the president, uh, Seman, who uh, indicates he would like to abolish the sanctions uh, imposed on, on on Russia uh, due to Crimea and the war on uh, in eastern Ukraine. We have Minister of Finance Babish again, who uh, questions the uh, effectivity and the political reason uh, for uh, the uh, sanctions. We have Minister of uh, uh, of um, Economy Mladek, who is uh, a bit uncertain about these issues again. So we have a uh, multiple voices on the Czech side, uh, and this of course makes uh, both the German side as well as number of Czech politicians and experts um, anxious about how actually the Czech attitude to, to Russia, to Ukraine is going to develop. So there is a deal of, it's not, not, not a real gap in the, the relations between the two sides, but it's an issue which has to be has to be deal with, dealt with. And 
I'm quite confident and as long as we have the same government as we have now, a social democratic government, social democratic led government, we will find uh, common ground and we ha- or we rather maintain the existing common ground. I'm not so sure what the outcome will be if the next government 2017 will be led by the um, current minister of finance Babish and the uh, uh, his uh, movement Arno. Well, because there I don't see every clear line uh, of this party, or it's not a party, it's a, it's a movement. So I'm, there, there is a degree of uncertainty about the future attitude of the Czech uh, uh, policy towards the Ukrainian crisis. So what we're hearing is a lot of uh, close cooperation on some fronts and some room to uh, further deepen uh, relations and work on specific topics uh, on the other side. Uh, to maybe close this conversation, what would be your recommendation to Czech political elites in order to further improve relations with Germany? Uh, there are two things I have to. The Czech policy have to deal with. Uh, or Czech political idea has to deal with. Is one is the level of uh, 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 political dialogue on the Czech side. We don't have a consensus on how the on the Czech side and Czech parliament, how the European Union should look like, what our role in security uh, and the European security cooperation should look like, look like how we uh, should develop the relations with Russia. So we have different voices talking differently in Czech, nation, Czech national parliament. That's a problem for any government because as long as you don't have a a uh, clear statute based on on consensus in the parliament you have the problem that each government comes with different priorities and the 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 continuity which is essential for a small country to have a continuity in the foreign policy to have a clear defined clearly defined identity of the country now both issues are really uh, not really delivered uh, so this is one of things i would really Ask the Czech politician, uh, class politics to deal with, uh, to to work on, very intensively to develop and to broaden and to to to, to establish a solid national consensus. Perhaps consensus minus one, minus the Communist Party, which will never really support all those issues. But basically, this is one one of these uh, uh, my recommendations. The second is uh, uh, well, there's enough of just being uh, pragmatic politicians uh, and uh, and administrators of the day-to-day agenda. People have to feel that there are political parties who who offer them uh, and uh, some ideas, some really long-term uh, visions. Uh, they have programmatic. Um, Uh, uh, documents which they can uh, rely on, can identify with. Uh, so there's, we have so little of policy, so so uh, little of policy in our social life uh, that it's simply incredible. We have, uh, we, we need more policy and policy debate and policy discourse in this society. Uh, otherwise, uh, we have this risky situation with lack of polis- political ideas, um, the populists take over and defy the agenda on their own. And then we uh, lose the uh, uh, population on the way to some pragmatic political aims or political targets. So this is my second uh, second. Um, Uh, second recommendation, uh, develop political ideas, work with people, turn political parties against in political parties and, 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 and do really politi- uh, politics, not, not, only, not only administration. Vladimir Handel, thank you for speaking with us today. 
Яблоко. Thank you for listening to Czech German Perspectives. If you like the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes or send us an email to czechgermanperspectives at gmail.com. Bis zum nächsten Mal. Satima